Welcome to Adventures in Angular. I'm Brooks Forsyth, stepping in for Chuck, and today we have Yunez Jayadi. Hey, how are you doing? Also on our panel, we have Chris Ford. Hello. And our special guest today is Maxim Salnikov. Hello, folks. Are you sad you missed out on seeing all your friends at NGConf? Maybe you're excited for the latest changes in Angular that got announced. I'm putting on a three-day conference for Angular developers. We're going to start off the night before watching a few of the talks from NG Hardwired. And then we're going to have three days of live online talks. So if you're worried about the next conference being canceled, you're not sure you want to travel yet, or maybe you just can't for circumstances in life, then come join in in September for Angular Remote Conf. That's angularremoteconf.com. All right, Maxim, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, why you're uh, famous. Oh, yes, sure. I'm super famous. Just kidding. Hi, folks. I'm Maxim. I live in Norway. I work in Microsoft in the developer relations team, and I love Angular. I'm an Angular GDE for, I believe, five years or so. I don't even remember why I started to to do Angular, and yeah, I some, some some historical reasons. And yeah, I enjoy do Angular, and especially I enjoy do progressive web apps Angular. Besides this, I run NG Vikings conference and uh, I organize Slack team called NG Community. It's a special place where I gather all the organizers of Angular meetups and conferences around the world. Oh, yep. And I call myself on Twitter PWA Advocate or Advocate because (laughs) I really love this topic of the modern web. Yeah, and I do lots of technical speaking and training. So I believe these times I switch to remote delivery like I do now. But yes, feel free to invite me to your meetup conference now. That's super easy to organize, right? No flights, no no travels. I believe I started uh, some shameful uh, promotion. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, today we're going to talk about PWAs. I'm pretty familiar with them doing a lot of Ionic development, and Ionic puts has uh, you know kind of put PWAs in the forefront. And with Angular, when you do PWA development, what what sort of fr- are you just using Angular, or do you use something like Ionic as well? Or I guess it just depends. Mainly, this is Angular or just uh, frameworkless projects if yeah. they are super simple. Okay. Should we, you know, should we take a step back as well? I mean, I'm, I'm sure the majority of, of listeners will be familiar, you know, at least in concept with PWAs. But maybe Maxim, could you could you give us like a, an overview of of what constitutes a PWA? Maybe for any any newer Angular developers who might be listening to us today. Sure. So in a big picture, progressive apps. This is. Um concept we have in the modern web. So first, this is not a library, this is not a framework. This is just a way of thinking supported by some APIs exposed by some browsers or majority of the browsers. It all happened to make the gap between what web can do and what native code can do a bit smaller. And by native code, I mean both mobile native or desktop native, like all the all the code we have, like let's say besides JavaScript, right? Like native code for for particular platforms. 
So why don't uh, we have the same awesome possibilities for our applications written in JavaScript, like we have, for example, for the ones written in uh, Swift for iOS or in Java for uh, for Android? Yeah, now that's um, slowly but becoming more uh, more and more possible to to provide this functionality. And yeah, we we. And this is this is very wide range of the possibilities. I believe uh, mainly when you start reasoning about progressive apps, you are thinking about offline possibilities, and this is uh, there is a good reason for this because this is I believe maybe the most critical part of what we miss on the web. And and then like the sky is the limit. So now we have access to native file system in in the latest betas of, of the browsers. So yeah. So let's just think about progressive apps like the way we think we architect our applications to deliver as many cool features as possible to to our customers. Why we call this progressive? Because that's quite natural for all web front-end that we use progressive enhancement idea and uh, absolutely same applicable for uh, PWAs. Unfortunately, we cannot uh, guarantee like all this feature is available everywhere and we can use this safely without any feature detection. No, no, no. But yeah, we could be smart, flexible and fair. I think that was a fairly fabulous rundown. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Have you done that before? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's pure improvisation. But, All right. Cool. Yeah, every single time I asked about definition of progressive apps, it, it's it's different because you know I have more and more thoughts about this uh, sure. with the time. So yes, it's evolving. I mean, it, it's changing too. Yeah, yeah. As the browsers okay. let you do more things, it's changing. I know that I've I've only done a, a small amount of work with PWAs myself. I'm I'm interested in them. I think there's probably there's a book on my bookshelf behind me called Programming Progressive Web Apps. I think I can just about see it from here. So I, I I've, it's definitely a, a topic that I've been looking into before. Now, when I read that book, I didn't read the whole haven't read the whole thing yet. But the what I've read is has so far mostly been interested in in this whole concept of of the offline functionality that you've mentioned so making sure that users can still be served up some content if if their if their internet is offline or it talked about the idea of perhaps if you if you had some kind of ticket booking website to if it was programmed as a PWA then perhaps if a user is say on a subway train and and they they lose all their signal, they can still technically book tickets. So could you, assuming that I've got that right, could you maybe give us a, a bit of info as to how that might work? Yes, sure. As I mentioned, that that's a really good idea to start our discussion about progressive apps from offline functionality. So many times, you know, I experienced this pain when you, for example, open your browser on mobile phone and before the flight, which is without Internet on board or flight? I don't know. I don't even know when when uh, my next flight will be this these times. But let's let's imagine that we have flights. <laughs> Back in the old <laughs> days, we used to fly around and see each other in real life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, just, just a side story. Last uh, last year, I had uh, one one hundred thirty three flights, like like legs. So definitely this year, this will be way 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 smaller number. But okay, back to the flight. Yeah, so I want to keep this page, this page, this page to read it later. And we took off. I uh, pick my 
pick up my phone, I open the browser, and what I see, blank page or uh, offline dyno. For some reason, these pages were unloaded from the memory. That, that's normal, you know, it's uh, like mobile device constraint and we have to release the memory. But it's all sad because I know this content, this HTML, JavaScript, CSS for, of these pages, it's actually somewhere in the memory, right? Uh, most likely in somewhere in cache, uh, in uh, old gold HTTP cache, but, but it's not accessible because, um, let's say, builders of um, these classical websites, web pages, we don't have an access to this, to this layer, this level of caching. So why not to have um, something that we have full control on over and uh, yeah, this uh, API appeared, and actually, Service Worker API appeared uh, way earlier than we uh, got this term PWA Progressive Web Apps. So it was just one of one of the APIs. Maybe maybe not that well known, not, not uh, that famous. It's sort of proxy between our code and um, all external world. I'm not only saying about internet, it's also applicable to, uh, for example, underlying operating system. And yeah, it, it acts uh, really like a programmable proxy. And we, we front-end developers have full control on how we program this, how, how, to, how this service worker will behave in, as a reaction on this or that event. And yeah, here we, we can start uh, discussion about events because uh, what is service worker this is one of workers type uh, which is event driven so it leaves very short time as a reaction on this or that event but uh, by the way by the way let's let's do step uh, back and chat about previous attempts to organize this uh, functionality, these features. Because, uh, of course, service worker is not uh, the first uh, try from browser vendors to come up with um, offline idea. And if you remember, we had API called AppCache. If I remember correctly, it was actually introduced by Apple, but I might be wrong. Tried to solve this, the same issue, to organize proper offline experience, but for, for multiple reasons, it failed. Uh, and reasons are, first, it, it, it had really awful developer experience, so it was quite painful to set up something more complex than Hello World. Yes, and it, after all, the flexibility it uh, exposed was not enough to provide something meaningful. So now this uh, API, maybe it exists in some browsers, but it definitely marked as obsolete and no reason to use this. And the problem with um, this approach was it was declarative. Of course, it was uh, impossible to predict uh, what will work better, declarative or imperative approach, uh, before like real-life uh, testing. And real-life testing displayed that, yes, uh, declarative is too simple concept for quite a complex thing like caching, uh, caching for modern web applications, which are like quite complex, right? And uh, basically all the business logic is happening, uh, well, no, not business, but UI logic is happening uh, on the browser side. So service worker returns a very imperative approach. So we literally have to describe in the lines of code how we organize this caching. And of course, service worker if we are talking about uh, offline experience, cannot work with satellite APIs like cache API, 
Yeah, so this is sweet uh, couple. They work uh, together and organize a proper offline experience if we code this. I mean, uh, we can easily do something wrong, uh, do some errors, and instead of having offline experience, we will put all our website, our web products offline in a, in a bad sense. And by the way, one of my sessions name about uh, this part of PWA called sending your website offline in a good sense, not, a bad, not in a bad sense. So we use service worker, we use cache API, and by intercepting this or that HTTP request and building some algorithm on how we manage this request, do we send it to network, do we try our luck in local cache, we provide this um, offline experience. But again, if we create service worker from, from scratch completely ourselves, that's absolutely possible to do. After all, this is JavaScript, right? And um, using of some APIs, but it will take some time. It will take, uh, it will take some time to create uh, something for uh, real-world projects. I mean, it's quite easy to um, come up with Hello World example and uh, plenty of uh, nice articles on the internet explaining all these uh, basics of Service Worker, but please be careful about sending something to production. On my sessions, I have a slide with a screenshot of one tweet. I believe it was from like summer of 2019. Someone wrote uh, sort of a joke. So you build service worker, you push this website uh, to production, and then you buy your next domain, your next host, because this one is uh, becoming unusable. Of course, this is a joke, and there are some tools to, let's say, mitigate these consequences. But in the big picture, yes, I, I heard many stories about I deployed something, and now my users cannot get new version. What should I do? And uh, my, a simple answer is think about kill switch in advance. Oh. That's crazy. And but by the way, while you're while we're talking about proxies and service workers and the declarative versus imperative approach, uh, what I personally like is like the declarative approach at the beginning, like the old app cache specification. But once it's not enough, I want something more flexible and more less declarative and more imperative. But in that sense, what's that, that's where I'm thinking about like proxies like uh, NGSW or Workbox and like abstractions. And what do you think about these abstractions? What are their limitations? And when would you recommend them and or just not using them? And which one should we use in which context? Yeah, finally, we got to, to Angular. So this is uh, Adventures in Angular after all, right? And uh, you mentioned uh, the great, great, great um, product from Angular team called Angular Service Worker. Okay, let's let's chat about this. In my sessions, I say to people, folks, I definitely encourage you to build your own service worker, like completely from scratch, by hands, following some guides, some some workshops, or or something like this. But it will take time. What if your boss says you we need PWA tomorrow, like? or next week, what, what should I do? Luckily, luckily there are some tools, uh, and uh, these tools are big, big helpers for us, for, for developers. And if 
you work with Angular, you have um, at least one more tool compared to other frameworks. Maybe we'll, we'll return to the other frameworks a bit um, later, right? Uh, but Angular team um, created something for us. They, they, they actually um, created special schematics with all scaffolds we need to convert our existing Angular application to progressive one. These uh, schematics will definitely work completely like uh, seamlessly and uh, worry-free for uh, freshly scaffolded projects. And I believe in the majority of cases, it's applicable also to the projects uh, you, you already have. So like, like schematics itself, it's um, no magic at all. This is just uh, creating some files and uh, modifying some files. So after you run this ng add uh, angular pwa schematics you will get um, out of the box first uh, service worker itself number 1 then service worker configuration couple of additions to your index html file about uh, registering service worker couple of uh, additions to your main module uh, ah, but by the way yes sorry a registering service worker happens in your main module in a proper place and yeah in index.html, you will have a new entry with registering of web app manifest, which is another part of PWA story. But uh, long uh, story short, after you run ng build dash dash prod, it's important. It works only for production build. You will get uh, basics of progressive web app idea uh, literally out of the box right after running one command of this um, uh, schematics. So uh, out of the box, you will have uh, offline experience for your application shell, which is like application itself, right? So application shell, this is how we call the, the architecture when we think about our application like, like a frame and we load data into this frame. So it, I, I believe this is the simplest um, explanation. Maybe this option will work for, I believe, 90% of, let's say, more or less classical single page applications. And uh, of course, some configuration is exposed for us where you can fine tune what exactly to cache or to pre-cache to be precise. Also, based on this configuration file, you can uh, set up some runtime caching. Of course, it's not uh, enabled by default because if uh, schematics can uh, somehow predict the contents of your application shell. It's uh, completely uh, useless when uh, we are talking about uh, runtime uh, data fetching, right? Because, of course, uh, every um, application is unique in that sense. But uh, using some uh, simple JSON configuration, we can apply some strategies to um, our Angular service worker also. For example, the two main caching strategies uh, called uh, performance and uh, freshness. It's uh, different names for what we call network first and uh, cache first. By the way, I don't know why folks from Angular team decided to give this this custom names names to, to these pretty well known strategies. But yeah, uh, so you register your URL or in in form of some template, and um, you can fine tune some some configuration there, like number of items in cache and uh, maybe maximum time for for caching. So yeah, some configuration is available. What else? What else? What else? Uh, you get 
push notifications working out of the box if you follow simple convention on your backend side. But yeah, maybe 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 this could take a separate uh, episode if we start talking about <laughs> push notifications because this is one my favorite topic and uh, yeah, I, I can chat about this for hours. To to sum up. It's super simple to set up, but we are very limited in what uh, NGSW, which is uh, shortened for Angular Service Worker, can do. And uh, actually, there is zero possibilities to extend this functionality. We use this file, this uh, NGSW-worker.js, this service worker itself, as is, right? So we, we, we don't touch this. I mean, we can, but every single time, uh, every single update, uh, we'll just uh, lose our our updates, our changes there. So let's pretend that we don't touch this at all, and we only can uh, like tune some pieces of um, its behavior by, by the configuration. So, uh, for example, when uh, tomorrow uh, completely new API related to PWA appear and Angular team decides, okay, we just don't want to have it in our service worker. Like It's a bad situation for us. We don't have the possibility to update. I mean, there are some hacky ways to do this, of course. Um, you know, we as developers always find some uh, workaround. For example, folks, I don't know, uh, crazy, crazy methods. For example, they build scripts which inject some code into the service worker as a build step, or they import whole Angular service worker as a part of their own service worker. That that might work, but it's it's not future-proof. It's uh, fragile. Maybe if you feel that you need to do something like this, maybe this is the time for you to switch to some some other solution. Yeah. So this is this is this is my recommendation. You can start with basics using Angular Service Worker. If you feel it's not enough, you just uh, switch to some other solution. And um, no secret at all that uh, in many cases this uh, other solution called Workbox. Cool. Well, that's clear. <laughs> Thank you. So it sounds like you're saying, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but right, once you've once you've used the Angular Service Worker, you you can't do anything else to that. Is that is that right? You you can you have us like your own Service Worker running alongside it, or is are you only allowed the one? And, and if that's the case, is there any is there any good reason to use the Angular Service Worker beyond the fact that all of that horrible boilerplate is done for you? Well. Technically, that's possible to register multiple service workers uh, for your host, for or to be precise, uh, for your origin. Because uh, if you, if you go back to to technicalities, we register service worker against origin, which is combo of uh, protocol, host, and port. Like different ports uh, considered to be different apps apps for service worker. But 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 it has to be it has to have different scopes. Um, otherwise, you'll get to to complete hell of understanding what intercepts what. So uh, let's say my strong recommendation, if you decided to go for multiple service workers, make sure that they all have different scopes. And I think that it's some form of edge case. So in in the majority of um, use cases, I strongly recommend to go for one singular service worker. 
a single source worker. And yeah, you are right. If, if for example, we want to use uh, background sync or periodic background sync or background fetch, um, so something from, let's say, newer APIs related to PWAs, we don't have good opportunity if we um, use uh, Angular Search Worker. I mean, a- again, this, this hacky ways I mentioned are still available, but maybe this is not something you would like to invest your time and uh, efforts in. So in, in, that, in that sense, really simpler to, to switch to some other solution. Yeah, it is always a danger with if, if, if you're describing it as a hack, then you yeah. know that you're just opening yourself up to a whole world of pain at some point in your future, right? Exactly, exactly. If you feel that you struggle with the tool, maybe uh, it's, it, this tool is not longer a helper for you. Are you aware of any work in progress on the Angular service worker to make it more extendable? I think I've read something about this a while ago, like some discussion, but I don't know if there is anything up and running currently or someone working on it. I don't have any strong signals uh, from, from Angular team about this. I didn't ask folks behind this for a while about uh, their plans. But if you follow mm, the story of NGSW, like what happened in the last versions, I'd say the progress is not that significant. I completely understand this, that most likely um, team put uh, main efforts into uh, like crucial parts, like this Ivy compiler, or like this things related to performance. But unfortunately, I don't uh, see big progress in uh, NGSW. And yeah, I don't have any information about its roadmap. Okay, thanks. So if I wanted to get started with PWAs today, where, where, where should I go to start? Should I start out with an Angular application using the NG service worker? Should I start vanilla? Should I, do you, can you recommend any particular books, courses, anything like that? I think uh, it really depends on your particular needs. If you just want to explore um, opportunities, maybe, and, and, and you work with Angular, maybe start playing with Angular Service Worker. It's absolutely good idea. And uh, you will, let's say, you will feel <laughs> the PWA power. And what I, what I noticed after my work on, on PWAs and especially running workshops that uh, you spend so much time on testing and debugging compared to, to coding because it's not really trivial to, to test all this stuff and especially taking into account uh, the, the fact that browsers love to be very conservative in terms of caching and the life cycle of service worker is very conservative in that sense. So you do lots of operations every time you uh, want to start the life of your application from scratch. I mean, I mean, lots of operations compared to normal flow. Of course, that's, that's, that's not that complex, but requires some attention. So yes, starting playing with PWA is a good idea um, uh, with like simplest setup and then dedicate enough time to understand how that works. And uh, by this, I mean open dev tools open application tab, open uh, service worker section of it, start 
hit refresh and uh, see what's going on, see how service worker uh, like life is changing, how one service worker kicks another service worker. So if you, you just started this story, this will take some time for you to understand what exactly happens. I'd say that this application tab in the DevTools of Chrome, maybe this is uh, the most updated uh, tab ever from, from what I noticed, because like this is really cutting edge of the web, of web frontend, and it's under constant tuning, even from browser vendor side. What what even say about uh, us developers? So yes, to, 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 to stay updated, just Keep this uh, tab always open, really. And then when, you, when you're ready and when you want to explore more opportunities of what uh, PWA can do, maybe a good idea for you to switch to some, some other option. But let's say if you work with Angular and if you want to just start playing with PWA, Angular Service Worker is a very good opportunity for you to start like with zero configuration. One liner of command in your terminal and you're there. Early in my career, I figured out which jobs were worth working at and which ones weren't, mostly by trial and error. I created a system that I used to find jobs and later contracts as a freelancer. If you're looking for a job or trying to figure out where you should go next, then check out my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. The book walks you through figuring out what you want, vetting companies that meet your criteria, meeting that company's employees, and getting them to recommend you for a job. Don't settle for whoever has listed their job on the job board. Go out and proactively find the job you'll love. Buy the book at devchat.tv slash job book. That's devchat.tv slash job book. Another question, kind of a follow-up, I guess. Do you think, in your opinion, are, are PWAs still like that thing that is 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 coming to get the the the, the native apps? Because I, I remember a couple of years ago, it felt like there was a lot of buzz about PWAs. And I remember seeing some statistic statistics are difficult to uh you know, to back up, but it was, it was some um, predictions company said something like by 2020, possibly, they estimated that something like 50% of all applications would be PWAs as opposed to, uh, sorry, 50% of applications on people's mobile devices would be PWAs. I, I kind of feel like, I, you know, that sort of thing got me really excited. And hence why I've got the book, which I've had for a couple of years. And, and you know, I started looking into it. And I, I feel a little bit like that PWA revolution hasn't come and you know smack me around the face yet is it is it still happening or are people sort of diverging away from the pwa to replace the native app or or, or i'd be interested if you had any thoughts on that yes i also have this um, quote from i believe it's gartner i, I have this quote in my presentations about by 2020 50 percent of customer-faced uh, applications so let's say regular applications will be replaced by uh, progressive web apps I feel it uh, It didn't happen. So we have uh, 2020. And if you say by 2020, does it mean um, when it starts or when it ends? Yeah, we got we a couple more We've still got nine months, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everyone's got more free time on their hands now yeah. to get their PWAs going as well. <laughs> yes. But let's say I see the trend of raising interest to um, PWAs. It's uh, going and it's it's going up. So I don't see any fatigue by, by, by progressive apps. Maybe the understanding is changing slightly, but in general, 
it's it's there and uh, it's replacing native um, applications. I'm maybe maybe not the ones companies already have, but it definitely influenced the technical decisions now. So I I see this and uh, I have lots of conversations with uh, folks who attend my sessions and uh, workshops who came to really understand can they replace. Um, planned native application with uh, progressive web apps. In many cases, they go out inspired. And yes, uh, so for, for many cases, it's absolutely possible. Not, not for everything, not for everyone. So still, I believe question number one I receive related to support of different APIs is uh, where is push notifications on uh, iOS? Is there any signals about uh, will we get it or not? And no signals. It's hard to get any signals out of um, Apple. But yeah, I don't know. If you really need to reach out to your customers, there are different ways. Uh, for example, you can send um, short messages to them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, by by the way, uh, about useful resources, me and my friend we run a special GitHub repo called PWA Police, where we try to list all the bugs in current browsers related to progressive web APIs. And I believe uh, the main section of this repo is, uh, let's say, some strange things or some non-implemented things in, uh, in iOS. And I wrote this section, how to somehow work around push notifications in iOS. So there are, there are some options available. I guess out of all the browsers, is it, especially on mobile, it seems that Safari is lagging the most when it comes to PWAs. Chris is laughing. Yes. You, you astound me. Although, actually, I'm, I'm fairly sure that I remember seeing somewhere that Safari had, was like one of the first browsers to offer up the initial support, perhaps. So it's, it feels like they were on, like, on the forefront, but then, but then maybe lagged behind. But, you know, that's because Apple do not want to be diverting people away from their app store. It's not yeah, like they make so, any money out of Apple TV Plus, is it? Yeah, I guess that's it, right? Yeah, it's 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 hard to say the reason behind uh, this this lack of features and um, lagging behind from uh, Apple side. Yeah, I I don't want to do any any assumptions, but I feel that these are not technical problems, right? Apple uh, have mm-hmm. awesome engineers, and uh, they they definitely can can implement all these um, things related to progressive web apps. So, but, you know, after all, after all, to give a bit um, optimism, so related to service workers, there were completely no signals from Apple except some um, fuzzy promise that it's on our long-term plan to implement service workers in uh, iOS. Long-term, I believe it it was uh, around five years plan, which is for current web, this is like Never happened, right? After all, they... <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be doing something totally different in five years, so who <laughs> yeah. even cares at that exactly, point? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. After all, they implemented Service Worker, I believe, after after one year of waiting. And I think it's still my most popular tweet in all my uh, Twitter story, um, this screenshot about finally uh, Service Worker arrived to stable version of iOS. And I think, yes, it, it was this tweet, which was on the slide of keynote of Chrome Developer Summit. I didn't attend uh, the summit this year, but someone um, wrote me, hey, Maxim, you are on the keynote of uh, Chrome Developer Summit. Like, what? And then I watched the video and that, that was my, my tweet about, hey, support is coming. Yes. 
So, service so that's workers, why you're famous. It took uh, <laughs> you know 20 minutes for you to tell us finally. All right. Yes, moment of glory. Yes. So service workers are in iOS, and uh, that means that Apple is completely fine with uh, having these offline applications, right? And you can install. So, so we we, may, we focused our discussion on offline possibilities, but installability is one another uh, cool feature of what we call progressive web apps. And uh, even on iOS, you can just uh, go and find particular button or link uh, in uh, context menu of, of your website and uh, have it uh, on your home screen. And this will be not be just a shortcut to this application, to, 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 to this URL. This will be a really installed web application. Um, so all things you ask to cache will be uh, like, Pre-cached, and uh, yeah, so this will be like really offline application. Let's say again with some uh, small, not very good details for for us, for developers. But but in the big picture, that works. I, by by small details, I mean uh, the size of cache is uh, very strictly limited, and it might be uh, cleaned, like Apple say in a couple of weeks or in some weeks uh, they say so. It's something that we cannot rely on, but after all, after all, we have to think about all these progressive uh, features, like about progressive enhancement. So we cannot uh, rely on what we pre-cached because this cache might might be cleaned even in in other browsers without any notification. So we we only can like put some hope, but never say. Like we have uh, something there, like like hundred percent. So we, and of course it adds some uh, extra requests uh, for for our code. So we have to be a bit more careful, add more more checks if we can deliver this resource or this resource from from cache. And it definitely doesn't make our code uh, simpler and uh, elegant. But this is how like modern web front end works. We have to be very careful with all this uh, cutting edge. If the user opens the PWA that they've saved on their home screen, you know, every day, will it always cache every time they open? Would it only clear it if they haven't used it in a while, or is it something, or we don't know? If I remember correctly, specification says about uh, unused applications, so it's not a big worry for us to 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 think about apps we use uh, often. Okay. Is there something in the specification that says if the if the progressive web app should share some context with the installed browser? What I mean by this is like I think I remember there is like a distinct behavior between Safari on iOS and Chrome on Android. And for example, if you want to sign in with your Google account or something and you're on a iOS PWA, you will not be able to use your Google session on Safari because it's, it's not the same browser like that. Is, mm-hmm. is, this, is there something in the specification about this or every device just does what it wants, every browser does what it wants? I believe there is no 
spec saying about this particular behavior, but this jumping back and forth uh, when you log in or authenticate is one of annoying um, bugs in, in iOS. And it's really changing from version to version of, of iOS. And in some versions, they add, let's say, they, they, they fix two small things and they break uh, another thing. In some versions, they only break. In some versions, they only fix. It's really hard to, to follow this. And uh, if you wish to know all single details about how PWA work on uh, iOS, I strongly recommend to uh, read the blog by Maximiliano Firtman. I, 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 I think sometimes that uh, he knows more about uh, PWAs and service workers on uh, iOS than folks who, who build this functionality because he tests everything into single detail and uh, his uh, every blog post about new version of uh, iOS, what happens there related to PWA, is always super popular, super long, and uh, all the detailed information is there. So yes, I I, I read this uh, every time with a great pleasure. So it's oh, the best resource oh. to follow. I think I see which one it is because like every time I have an issue, I Google it and I end up on his blog. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was super happy to have uh, Maximiliano as a keynote speaker at uh, my conference, Mobile Era, last year. I planned to have um, him at PWAConf, which I planned to, to run in uh, London end of April. But yes, let's say no, no, no public announcements yet, but we are waiting for some not, not cool news about this conference. Cool. And one other thing while we're talking uh, mobile, do you know like if there is something planned on Google Play Store? Because I guess like it's possible to deploy a PWA. It's quite easy if you're using Ionic, but without any framework, I feel it's like quite tricky. I never tried. I've just seen like a couple of like blog posts about it, and it look, looks like trying to put like the PWA into an Android app, but is there something planned for this? Like, I'm I'm really dreaming about like I don't know, like just uh, some web interface or some OEB, some API. Just push my code there and just deploys the PWA on yeah the App Store. Yes, things get better related to pushing your progressive apps to Google Play. It's not about sending these uh, applications as is, I mean, in form of uh, just uh, HTML, JavaScript, and uh, CSS. No, you still have to wrap it to the native web application, but we have really uh, good option now called TWA, and uh, this is a trusted web activity. This is, let's say, subset of um, Android APIs, which makes our life simpler if we want to create a native application from our progressive app to deploy it to web store, to, to Google Play in particular. I didn't uh, play with this too much, but what I know now there are some builders available on the web where you just uh, literally submit the URL of your application and you got some package ready to to deploy to, to Google Play or to open in Android Studio to, to make this transition simpler. So it's still native application and it's still sort of web view where, which contains our PWA. But how that's compared to, let's say, classical approach where we can wrap like pretty much any web application right to, to the web view and, and deploy it. 
many small details which makes um, this uh, PWA closer to to native. For example, it, it shares the session, it shares uh, permission. So let's say this is real bridge between Android and your um, PWA. So that in, in, in that sense, I think this is now the simplest and maybe uh, recommended way to deploy your uh, PWA to, to Google Play. Unfortunately, there is uh, nothing like this for iOS, but let's say for iOS, you can use this old approach when you just wrap your PWA to some native container. Of course, this is sort of workaround. Uh, It will not be as close to your uh, operating system as as it might be, right? And in addition, if I remember correctly, latest guidelines about acceptance of your uh, applications for App Store, for for iOS, becoming stricter and stricter in relation to what we download from from the network. So applications should be uh, really self-contained. So maybe it makes uh, life a bit more challenging. I I didn't didn't dig into the details, but I read some some articles about um, like this is this is not that convenient uh, for for the developers for web developers. Thanks. I still have like another question, which is not really related to, with the mobile, but it's about PWAs in general. What would be like the main things to like a checklist of things to focus on when writing a service worker or something so you've talked about like the the kill switch to avoid like the the the, the caching trap also thinking about like other things that could be dangerous like suppose you're using angular and you have like lazy loaded modules and there is a compatibility between your modules so you have to cache the whole app or nothing Otherwise, you can get like some compat issues because if you lazy load a component and you have like an old version of it, so there's the cache busting that can help with that. So what are the things that uh, we should think about implementing and like the kill switch and how would you implement it? And what about the cache busting and things like that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. So first, I'd start with security. Please make sure that you do not uh, cache any sensitive uh, data, any sensitive information, because um, pretty much everything you put into the cache storage of the browser, and uh, here I'm saying about the storage exposed by cache API, not about uh, HTTP cache, it's, it's, it's open and it's not like encoded or something like this. You can you can easily uh, check this. For example, if, if you open... Uh, developer tools in your browser. First, l- let me surprise you. If, if you are like relatively new to PWS and service workers, let me surprise you by how many service workers you have on your machine already. You just open DevTools, go to application tab, go to service workers section, and um, there is a um, checkbox or link somewhere in, in the bottom of this section saying show service workers from other origins. And you will see most likely hundreds of them. And uh, that means that you visited these websites with service workers and they are in, they are living in your machine now, in your laptop. Luckily, it doesn't mean that they consume memory and the processor time when they don't work, when they don't intercept any, any requests, but, but still. And for 
any origin you open, you can go and check what's in cash for 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 this origin again. Like open any any URL, um, for example, I don't know. A very good practical and simple example of PWA is Lodash. Lodash.com. This is well known library for all front end developers, and it's classical PWA. So once you open Lodash.com, you can safely switch off your internet, and this will work offline. And uh, if you go uh, again to uh, DevTools application uh, storage, you will find everything what resides on your machine, all this HTML, JavaScript, uh, and some JSONs. Yes, so this is about security. Be very careful about this. Be very careful with redirects. Sometimes it's quite challenging to understand how to deal or not to deal with uh, particular requests and uh, what what could be the strategy for your service worker. I'm not saying that you don't have to manage this at all, but uh, just put special attention. And uh, it's, it's directly related to, for example, authentication. When you just imagine you open mysuperwebsite.com slash account, in some cases, you will see login screen. In some cases, you will see uh, account, right? So, and again, be, be, be mindful about this. Uh, what else? Be careful with uh, caching opaque uh, responses. And so this is uh, responses we send to other origins uh, without uh, course setup on, on their side. Again, it's possible to manage this. It, it's possible to cache these responses. But it's sort of black box for for our code for for our application because we don't even know the status for for this request. So we cannot understand was it successful or it was four zero four or five hundred. Plus, even in um, success story, every single response we cache from this opaque request is taking around seven megs of disk space. So it's, uh, if I understand correctly, it's sort of security margin because of this black box situation. But let's say if you cache like two, two kilobytes JSON from this origin, this will easily eat up all free space on your customer's machine. And uh, I've seen uh, stories like this. It It looks very... Very strange. So you hit refresh, and uh, your uh, local, uh, not local storage, but 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 cache storage is growing uh, for 50 megs because of yeah, just you you tried to procure some couple of small JSONs, right? What else? What else? What else? Yes, kill switch. Uh, kill switch. This is let's say emergency service worker which uh, might do some things. It might try to clear your your cache completely, and it might deregister service worker. Yeah, may, maybe these are two main things. And how to use this properly? It's basically the only way to use emergency service worker kill switch is to rename the one you had on production uh, to to something else and give uh, the name of your like production service worker to this kill switch. This is only way for you to to guarantee that on next reload kill switch will will take control because it's a sort of a chicken and egg problem right so you you try to register deregister service worker and you push corresponding index html or your main javascript bundle but old service worker which might be buggy or some some like uh, wrong one will still serve 
index.html and main JavaScript bundle from uh, what users cached. So this is why the only way to kick off um, the old one is uh, to have the, the one with the same name. And by the way, uh, Angular team uh, delivers this one. It's called Safety Worker JS. So I, I uh, have this on my screen now. What it, it, it comes with the same um, schematics. So Angular slash uh, PWA, it, it um, adds a regular, regular service worker and this emergency one. What it does, it actually tries to unregister service worker. That's it. So then uh, the, the Steps to make it running uh, following just rename this NGSW worker to something else and rename safety worker to NGSW worker. And yeah, you, you are, you are good then. Uh, maybe you also want to clean the cache storage. And also, if you just remove a configuration file called NGSW JSON from your production, from your root directory, it also will work like a signal to Angular service worker to, to stop working, to clean up, to, to deregister. So let's say this is a soft way to start a regular life of your application to, to deprogressivize it. That's cool. Thank you. But this works because we're using Angular service worker, which makes the checks that, and checks like the, the, the contents of the, the JSON file and it checks the, the hash of the service worker file regularly. But if I implement my own service worker, I really have to think about all this from the, um, from the beginning. And if I still remember like the beginning of Angular service worker, we had a couple of trouble with the, the first beta versions and like it was the opposite. The kill switch would, would be triggered like too frequently. So what's I think like if, if I don't use the Angular service worker and I implement my own service worker, this is also the kind of things I should be I should care about, like how, how to implement like the kill switch and not trigger it too frequently or randomly or you know. Like have false positives. In the in normal life scenario, you just uh, keep this emergency service worker or kill switch uh, somewhere on production, so you you do not call it. So it's only there. It resides there just to be very fast renamed to to the regular one. So in normal life, you don't uh, ever call this. And by the way, this safety worker supplied with Angular is pretty much framework agnostic, so you can uh, use this. And actually, it's just uh, 17 lines of code, in including comment with uh, license. So actually, this is six lines of code. And uh, yeah, you can use this as a best practice when you create your own service worker. It's as simple as, uh, as it could be. If you search for um, uh, service worker kill switch, most likely the topmost uh, search result, or at least in top three, will be answer on Stack Overflow by Jeff Posnick, uh, creator of Workbox. Uh, really good answer and the code sample about kill switch. It, it, it's a bit more feature rich, uh, so I believe it also clears some caches. So, like, same idea, but more powerful, more more things to, to clean. Cool. Thank you. Oh, I mean, it's, it's obvious that this is a a vast, vast topic. Is there anything that we haven't spoken about that you, you think would be important for the listeners to hear before we go to picks? Or is that a good round place to round up? Yeah, I believe we didn't uh, put enough attention to Workbox. 
uh, which is uh, framework agnostic helper for us to build progressive web apps. It's uh, created by folks from Google, Jeff Posnick, one of them, Phil Walton, also on the team, and uh, it's widely supported by community. So, so basically, uh, like there are dozens of people who contribute to this project, and uh, these days, our days, it's actually de facto standard of progressive web apps automation story. It's responsible only for particular pieces of PWA for networking. So, for example, Workbox is nothing to do with uh, push notifications. But in uh, its own scope, it's really the best. It will take a bit uh, more efforts uh, to uh, integrate it with uh, Angular application. Like, but yes, not, not nothing that 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 critical. So, in in uh, most cases, it's uh, writing a simple Node.js script, but it's very powerful and very flexible, and uh, it's extendable. So it really gives you opportunity to automate this or that or that um, piece of your service worker while you keep your own service worker file. So you keep full control. You you add, uh, I don't know, um, other features. If, if tomorrow a new API appears, you just uh, easily put it into your source worker while giving all this uh, hard job by caching, pre-caching, uh, and, uh, and some, some other pieces uh, to, to Workbox. And in, the, in that sense, this is, this is really good combo of uh, what it can do and how flexible. And uh, to some extent, it returns uh, declarativity of how we cache. But it's it's smart declarative approach, as flexible as we can imagine. So let's say in most cases, when you uh, have workbox uh, code in your service worker, it looks like a configuration, but it's not in form of JSON, but it's just in form of uh, in, con configuration in form of JavaScript. That means that if needed, you can inject your code. So you can uh, create as custom logic as you need. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah, and uh, it's quite a mature library. So uh, recently they released version number five. I cannot uh, say that it's always like bug free, like like any like modern open source project. Sometimes there are some sharp edges, but maintainers are super open to, to the community, super open to pull requests, discussions. And uh, yeah, this is, this is really a good piece of uh, open source. And uh, I see that it's very well adopted by, uh, by developer community. So my, my strong recommendation to look at this library, Workbox.js. And how, how easy is it to, to extend it so we can use like background fetch or stuff like this? Like, is that... Easier yeah, not? yeah. You own service worker file. Uh, you okay. write your own code. Let's say you, for example, if you wish to outsource runtime caching to Workbox, you just call corresponding Workbox objects and methods in your own service worker. Cool. And when are you going to to provide us uh, a schematic for Workbox? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, this is uh, this is something I worked on really, 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 really. Uh, so I did it for version uh, Workbox number four, but then I got information that folks work on Workbox five, which is slightly different internally. And I decided, okay, I will put my work on hold. But sooner or later, this will come. This will come. By the way, I didn't uh, see 
too many good articles about how to integrate Angular and Workbox 5. Actually, uh, I have only one on my reading list. So, folks, I encourage you to, to experiment, to write about uh, your stories. Let's fill up this gap. Workbox 5 and Angular, they are really good friends. There are, let's say, way more ways to integrate them in proper way compared even to works, Workbox 4. So let's experiment, let's write articles. This is on my personal to-do list, and uh, maybe sitting at home will make this uh, thing simpler. And a very good question about schematics, so <laughs> I work on this. <laughs> is, is is this the opportunity to call everyone who wants to contribute so we can make like one initiative? I'm I'm super open. Yes, folks, let's let's do it together. So how how do how do we get in touch with you? Twitter, webmax are you? My direct messages are always open and uh, yes, let's uh, let's do it. I'm I'm not uh, super pro in schematics, but let's say if you know schematics well, I can explain you how to what what, what I need from from schematics. And uh, yes, this could be a very practical collaboration. Cool. cool. Calls out there now. The bat signal has uh, lit up the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of Atwood's law? He says that anything that can be built in JavaScript eventually will be built in JavaScript. And that includes mobile apps. You can build awesome mobile apps and Apple TV and other apps with React Native. Come check us out every week as we talk about some of the ins and outs of building mobile apps with JavaScript and with React on React Native Radio. You can find it at reactnativeradio.com. Do we want to go ahead and do picks? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eunice, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Just have to find the links again. Uh, wanted to share a funny uh, posts, blog post from, uh, which is not especially funny, but it's from Lars who writes at Angular In-Depth. And he released, I think it was today, like a post about how to create a Narwhal NX workspace with a tiny app, like where every, like the assets and stuff like that are separated into distinct libraries, which is quite interesting because like it proves like that the monorepo is not just for big apps. And then as we were talking about progressive web apps and service workers, there is this kind of like online game like called Service Walkies, that, which is quite, probably probably know about it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't actually. It's Okay. So it's quite a funny way to learn about service workers. But I never went through all of it because it takes time and I'm not like a big gamer. Well, I was, but that's it. So I'm going to share the link. Life yeah. <laughs> but it's a really fun way to learn service workers. Cool. Maxim awesome. is laughing. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 know, I know this game. It, it's really hilarious and uh, yeah, strong recommended. Cool, cool. Chris, you want to, uh, you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. So um, there's a, an online educator that I'm a big fan of. Uh, his name is Maximilian Schwarzmuller. He has a number of courses on Udemy and I think also his own website, which I think is academind.com. I'll verify that and post it in the chat. Anyway, uh, I, I've, I've done a few of his courses and I, I recommend them very, very highly. He does have a course on building progressive web apps. I have not taken that one myself, but based on everything of his that I have done, I would say that the chances are that it is fabulous uh, and in-depth and very well-maintained. So. Uh, I'll recommend that. 
And then also just doing a little shout out, I guess, to uh, the fact that we're recording kind of ahead of schedule at the moment. So who knows what state of the world will be in when this is released. But um, certainly at the moment, things are a bit crazy out there. So yeah, just one of my picks. I just want to shout out to you know people working on the front lines while everything is, is uh, crazy in the world. So healthcare workers and people working in the supermarkets, keeping, keeping the pasta and the toilet roll well stocked up and uh, et cetera, et cetera. We could not get by without those people. So thank you very much to them. And that's it from me. I'll, I'll second both those, Max. And he, he has some uh, great courses. I've taken a lot of his courses. They're good. And you know, Udemy, it's you know, usually $10.99, except when you don't have a coupon code and it's like $129 for some reason. And then you go and Google it, right? Which is always interesting. So I'll do my pick right now. Speaking of being trapped inside uh, the house, um, if you have kids, it can get a little crazy. One of the things that I was sent to me was actually, and it's kind of a weird pick to be on a programming show, but if you have kids, this is fun for them. It's uh, Paper Dolls by Corey. So there's, you know, if you remember Paper Dolls, like you fold the tabs over and put the different clothes on and stuff. I printed some out for my kids. There's Star Wars characters and Disney princesses. So I got the kids uh, kind of entertained for a little bit with that. So that was, that was my win this morning. Um, so that's my pick. Maxim, any, any picks besides... I know you were going to pick the Paper Dolls, but I stole that yeah, out. Yeah, I, I, I'm just watching this uh, page. It's, it's really cool. So this is something uh, I will uh, print out to my daughter. And yeah, yeah, it's fun. I mean, cool. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, so my pick uh, is, is very technical. From my dear colleagues from Microsoft, um, I would emphasize the project called PWA Builder. I mean, they, they built it. It's a um, big, big helper for developers to start with uh, Progressive Apps. So it's a set of tools which will simplify your uh, life as PWA developer. In particular, it helps you to create this TWAs I mentioned, and it it, it will help you to in, um, to implement this or that part of your progressive web application. It will help you to generate service worker. And my second link is a small project called What PWA Can Do Dot Today. It's just a checker for your particular operating system and browser. What's available there related to progressive web apps uh, functionality? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. I think that wraps it up. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Brooks out. Thank you, folks. It was a great pleasure. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.